This is Children of the Living God. This is a little podcast series in the book of Hosea, trying to dive into the Old Testament. Uh, it's, we often neglect the Old Testament and we definitely neglect the minor prophets. So we wanna bring that to life and see what God has for us in the 21st century uh, as his word never changes. It's, it's a firm foundation. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's so important now in a time when we're so disconnected. We have to remember the privilege we have of, of God's word that never fails, that is true, that we can rest our whole lives upon it. And, uh, you know, when we're disconnected, when life is unstable, when the future is uncertain, when there's all kinds of unrest, what better time, what more urgent time to be in the word of God than now? We're no different than the Israelites in Hosea's day. And we're no different from the early Christians in the book of Acts. We need to learn and to live out God's word. And in many ways, it's just that simple. And the question is, are we doing it? And hopefully this is an encouragement to do that. There's so much that God wants to offer us in his word. There's so much that he promises us. There's so much that he assures us of. And there's so much that he warns us about that if we neglect it, we're gonna experience the very same things that Israel experienced as we read Hosea chapter 12 through 13. Now Hosea 12 through 13 focuses on God's discipline and judgment of Israel for their adultery, their spiritual adultery. Remember one of the main themes of the book of Hosea is God's redemptive love for his wayward bride. Israel has turned away to other gods, turned away to false lovers, and God will discipline them for a time but he also promises to reunite himself to them, to bring back his bride, to rekindle his love and their relationship and reconcile with her. And it's this sovereign mercy of God that is the backbone that gives hope in the midst of Israel's well-deserved judgment. And we're gonna see that in this uh, little section here, chapters 12 through 13. This is Hosea Chapter 12 from the New Living Translation. The people of Israel feed on the wind. They chase after the east wind all day long. They pile up lies and violence, and they're making an alliance with Assyria while sending olive oil to buy support from Egypt. Now the Lord is bringing charges against Judah. He is about to punish Jacob for all his deceitful ways and pay him back for all he has done. Even in the womb, Jacob struggled with his brother. When he became a man, he even fought with God. Yes, he wrestled with the angel and won. He wept and pleaded for a blessing from him. And there at Bethel, he met God face to face and God spoke to him. The Lord God of heaven's armies, the Lord is his name. So now come back to your God. Act with love and justice and always depend on him. But no, the people are like crafty merchants selling from dishonest scales. They love to cheat. Israel boasts, I am rich. I've made a fortune all by myself. No one has caught me cheating. My record is spotless. But I am the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in Egypt, and I will make you live in tents again as you do each year at the festival of shelters. I sent my prophets to warn you with many visions and parables. But the people of Gilead are worthless because of their idol worship. And in Gilgal, too, they sacrifice bulls. Their altars are lined up like the heaps of stone along the edges of a plowed field. Jacob fled to the land of Aram, and there he earned a wife by tending sheep. Then by a prophet, the Lord brought Jacob's descendants out of Egypt, and by that prophet they were protected. 
but the people of Israel have bitterly provoked the Lord. So their Lord will now sentence them to death in payment for their sins. When the tribe of Ephraim spoke, the people shook with fear, for that tribe was important in Israel. But the people of Ephraim sinned by worshiping Baal and thus sealed their destruction. And now they continue to sin by making silver idols, images shaped skillfully with human hands. Sacrifice to these, they cry, and kiss the calf idols. Therefore, they will disappear like the morning mist, like dew in the morning sun, like chaff blown by the wind, like smoke from a chimney. I have been the Lord your God ever since I brought you out of Egypt. You must acknowledge no God but me, for there is no other Savior. I took care of you in the wilderness, in that dry and thirsty land. But when you had eaten and were satisfied, you became proud and forgot me. So now I will attack you like a lion, like a leopard that lurks along the road, like a bear whose cubs have been taken away. I will tear out your heart. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal. You are about to be destroyed, O Israel. Yes, by me, your only helper. Now where is your king? Let him save you. Where are all the leaders of the land, the kings and the officials you demanded of me? In my anger I gave you kings, and in my fury I took them away. Ephraim's guilt has been collected and his sin has been stored up for punishment. Pain has come to the people like the pain of childbirth, but they are like a child who resists being born. The moment of birth has arrived, but they stay in the womb. Should I ransom them from the grave? Should I redeem them from death? O death, bring on your terrors. O grave, bring on your plagues, for I will not take pity on them. Ephraim was the most fruitful of all his brothers, but the east wind, a blast from the Lord, will arise in the desert, and all their flowering springs will run dry, and all their wells will disappear. Every precious thing they own will be plundered and carried away. The people of Samaria must bear the consequences of their guilt because they rebelled against their God. They will be killed by an invading army, their little ones dashed to death against the ground, their pregnant women ripped open by the swords. This is a pretty intense section here. Chapters 12 and 13 begin with a comparison. God begins by comparing Israel to Israel. Now remember, Israel is the name that Jacob was given after he wrestled with God in Genesis 32. And Jacob's life was marked by rebellion and deception, but he was redeemed by God's mercy. And God is saying that that same redemption is offered to Israel, the nation, if they will only act with justice, with love, and with trust and dependence on the Lord. But instead, they refuse, and they trust in the riches that they procured through deception. I mean, they just built up all these riches, and they're like, look at what we've done. We can, we, we've got it handled. We don't need God. Now, he's not going to see how crafty we are, how sinful we are. And yet God, of course, sees everything, because he's the one who redeemed them from Egypt. And God makes that point. I'm the one who redeemed you from Egypt. I'm the one who sent prophets with visions and parables to warn you of your sin. Remember, the prophets in the Old Testament are like God's prosecutors. They come on behalf of God and they bring charges based upon the law of God against Israel. And they're trying to say, look, you've got to be faithful to your vows or else God is going to judge you. He's going to send plagues upon you. He's going to withdraw his blessing from you. And ultimately, he's going to kick you out of the land that he has given to you. And Israel's response is that they double down on their idolatry. And this is kind of their MO. This is their track record, right? God in Hosea 12 talks about how 
He sent the prophet once before to save the descendants of Jacob. And he's talking about Moses and the Israelites being delivered from Egypt. Moses delivered them. God provided for them in the wilderness. But what happened? Israel rebels. They build a golden calf. They turn away from the Lord. And in response to God's gracious word through Moses and God's saving action through Moses, they respond with idolatry. And what does God do? He kills the first generation of the Israelites, save for a handful of people. And what's the message to Hosea's generation? The same penalty will come to you. If you reject the prophet Hosea, like Israel rejected the prophet Moses, you too will face death and destruction. And this is Israel at the height of her insanity, right? She's the wayward bride. She's the adulterous woman. And she is at war with the God who delivered her, saved her, cared for her, and helped her. Right? God tells Israel, I was your king, but you wanted your own king. I protected and provided for you, but you wanted to trust in Egypt and Assyria. And God in his discipline says, look, I'm going to discipline you. If you want this, you can have it. If you want Assyria to help you, why don't you live under their rule? Right? Why don't you live without my blessing? Why don't you live without my protection and my provision? Since you love to rebel against me and cheat against me so often. And we see God's internal dialogue in chapter 13, verse 14. It's interesting. He says, uh, essentially, I could ransom Israel out of death. I could redeem them out of death, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to show them pity because they're too proud to want my salvation. It's like a doctor with the cure, but the patient says, you know what? I'm good. In fact, I don't really even think I'm sick. And so God says that I'm not going to Give, my, give you my blessings. I'm going to withdraw them from you. And Samaria, which is the capital of northern Israel, who that's who Hosea is talking to, they will bear the consequences of their sin. But remember, all throughout Hosea, God promises to redeem and reconcile his bride Israel back to himself. And that is a sure promise. God is going to do it. But how? If you think about it, even exile isn't enough to redeem Israel. It's not enough to pay for their sins or to change their hearts. If you remember in Ezra and Nehemiah, when we see Israel return to the land, they're still sinners. They're still rebelling against God. And by the time the New Testament rolls around, Israel's still in rebellion. And so even God's discipline to Israel is not enough for them to bear the consequences of their sin. So how can God bring full justice, but also be be faithful to his promise of mercy. He doesn't overlook sin. He doesn't wink at sin. He pays for it himself. He pays for it himself. This is why the apostle Paul quotes Hosea 13, 14 in 1 Corinthians 15, but with a twist, right? In Hosea 13, 14, God is issuing a threat, right? I could save you from sin and death. I could save you from the grave, but I'm not going to. But Paul says, In 1 Corinthians 15, this threat is now a cry of triumph. Oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? Right? It's a a song of triumph. And what flipped it? What was the difference? Well, in one word, Jesus. Jesus is the difference. 1 Corinthians 15 is that famous chapter on the resurrection. And remember, the resurrection isn't just some cute trick Jesus did to show that he was God. The resurrection is is Jesus' victory over the forces of sin and death. Jesus bore the full weight of our sin that we could never pay, no matter how many years in exile we spent, no matter how many 
times we say we can do better, no matter how many times we feel uh, guilty and how bad we feel, but none of it can atone for our sins, only the blood of Jesus. And Jesus rises from the dead to show the debt has been paid and the victory has been won. And because of that, that's why we can be his washed bride, holy and blameless, pure before him. That's how God restores us. And this is the only hope for sinners. This is the only hope for rebels and whores and wayward wives. Christ in the place of our sins. And and that's what makes it all come together. That's how God can love, not not just Israel, but the nations. Because he sends his son to bear the weight of our sin that we might be reconciled to God. What can wash away my sin? Nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave a nice review, and share it with your friends. We need to be in the Word of God. Let's spread this around, and I hope that this encourages and blesses you today.